Hey guys, Andrew P here from Seven Figure Fitness Business. Today's episode is with the incredible Shane DeCosta, and we're going to be discussing how he's created a $4 million online fitness business in just 18 months working with us and using our systems. Shane's an incredible guy and well worth listening to because he's got a track record of success. Previously, he worked as a personal trainer and also a coach to to in-person personal trainers for many years. And early last year, 2020, when COVID was making a real difficulty in the in-person training space in Australia, he actually pivoted to online and he hasn't looked back. One of the things that you're going to find most valuable listening to Shane is just the way that his mind works. He has clearly a very successful mindset and a lot of traits that we've found to be very consistent in those that succeed and those that over exceed in a high performance environment. You know, hearing the way that he actually goes about those decisions and he takes those actions and he implements quickly, and even in the way that he manages risk will be very, very relevant to any of you that have either done a number of business masterminds before and not had success, or those of you who are a bit nervous about getting started with your first uh, fitness business mastermind, or even just going online and growing your business. You know, if you feel that you get a bit of imposter syndrome or fear of getting started or fear of failure, this one's going to be an absolute belter of an episode for you. Now, as always, uh, whether you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening on, say, iTunes uh, podcasts or Spotify podcasts, please make sure that you like and subscribe to the channel. Your continued support helps us get this information out to more and more people like yourself who are also looking to grow their online fitness business. But without further ado, let's get stuck into this episode. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You've been working for, with us for a while. You've got a $4 million fitness business. Yeah, so oh, for those that don't, don't know me, I guess Shane and uh, I, I live in Sydney, was a uh, personal trainer for the best part of about 20 years, which is really good. Lots of lessons in that. So a bit of a backstory just to give you the context. So I sort of evolved about, about say, seven years ago, started on, on a journey. I was already probably one of the most also successful one-on-one personal trainers that that I sort of knew of, and I would probably go so far as to say probably in Australia charging enough that uh, on an hourly basis that sort of got me to the point where I was earning consistently over $300,000 a year as a sole trader, so just running my own sort of thing. And then that, obviously that becomes a bit boring and, and you sort of want to do a bit more. So I went and got some help as anyone that is aspirational does, got a coach and joined some this other program, which was all about obviously gym-based. Anyway, built a personal training team that we sort of had about 12 to 13 trainers at, at one stage at our peak and we were doing weekly, what was that? Um, at 250 sessions a week in the CBD in Sydney across a few clubs. And that meant that we were sort of earning uh, close to about $35,000 or $40,000 a week in that particular sort of gym, right, in that, in, that, in that sort of space. Anyway, you know, that was pretty cool when, and it sort of got me to a certain point. Then COVID, right, there was a whole bunch of things before that, but I won't bore you with the details. Then we sort of got to COVID and like a lot of other people, you know, that, that that's a really critical time, right? So, I mean, I guess we're going to talk a lot about mindset today. And for me, I guess I've, I've always been a believer in that life will either happen to you or it will happen because of you. And I certainly wasn't going to sit on the sidelines watching shit happen. And, you know, I've got this 
beautiful home and, and, and other investment properties and people that rely upon me to provide. So I had to quickly adapt, right? So part of humanity is evolution. There's no two ways about it, whether it be business, whether it be physically, emotionally, you know, your mindset, you've got to evolve. So for me, there was a, a, a real opportunity to evolve. And I, and I just had reached a point where I no longer wanted to be in the gym and then that, that I think for most trainers eventually kind of becomes the natural thought process. So I want to grow beyond trading time for money. I want to go beyond being this transactional business and I want to go to something maybe more scalable, right? If you're watching this podcast, I imagine that's sort of possibly the, the frame of mind they're in. They want, to, they want to sort of become more entrepreneurial. But obviously it's not that easy, right? So for me, I was lucky enough that just within my networks that I built up, I asked around and, and asked for some recommendations. And obviously, uh, AG, your your name popped up, and it was obviously look, it was a no brainer for me. I, I I I've met many a per, uh, like a, like a coach in in the past, and I myself was sort of a coach helping people. But it was clear that you you sort of had a good grasp of things. And I think look, the most impressive thing, no matter what, is always that someone's not just done it, but is doing it. So it's one thing, you know, someone having sort of dipped their toe in something and having had a degree of success, but it's another thing when they're actually doing it in real time because, as you know, right, like things change. So marketing strategies change, sales strategies change, and if for me it was was, was important to to get, a, I suppose, a little bit of assurance that I know this, this person's still in the game because it's very relevant. That was for me anyway. So... <clears throat> pretty pretty simple. Jumped in and obviously just applying the strategies was a no-brainer. You know, the fastest route to success is not reinventing the wheel. It's it's modeling what's working. So that that was an easy that was an easy solution. It was very easy to implement the strategies you you gentlemen obviously had had successfully applied to your own businesses. Yeah. It was very easy, very easy to do. And off we went. Well, I was gonna I'm gonna say, like, you know. We deliver the exact same system to everyone in our program. Mm. And, you know, there's the best of the best, the A-plus performers like yourself, and then there's people that, you know, who struggle a little bit more. You know, yeah. what do you, like, you know, I think there's a number of characteristics that you have that really, you know, are really displayed by all the top performers. And I think, like, one of the biggest ones is fearlessness and your willingness to fail. Absolutely, Yeah. I think you, you hit the, the nail on the head. I think it's for some people putting a dollar into an ad could be quite scary. And, and look, you know, everyone's on their own journey, and it is a process of it is a process of expanding your your own limits, you're expanding your own, I suppose, ceiling of of what you can tolerate. So it's a tolerance thing. You know, if you had said to me when I when I'd stepped in that on a weekly basis I was going to be putting twenty, twenty five, thirty thousand dollars a week into Facebook ads. I would have blown a gasket, right? <laughs> but I don't even blink now at those kinds of numbers. Obviously, we're always trying to optimise and, and sort of squeeze and improve. It's been a huge part of the journey, understanding that. So that that's cool. But from a, from a mindset perspective, it def, definitely is about the, the fearlessness approach of, you know, I, I guess not not being scared or some people actually are scared of, of success as much as they are scared of failure, right? So that's, I'm not a psychologist, but, that is the truth, right? So for me, I'm more scared of not trying. Mm. I'm more scared of not trying. So I and I guess just part of my own journey has been trying to step out of the way as well, trying to trying to not become my own roadblock to success, trying to imagine 
that more is possible because ultimately we we do restrict our own potential in that sense so that's been a huge part of it i guess that, that that relentless dedication to your to your goal the fearlessness of actually pursuing it putting everything on the line you know obviously in a measured way and there is there is ways to, to progress through things and I'm not suggesting people sort of go from zero to 100 but definitely mm-hmm. being willing to, to test their boundaries yeah like some people go out there and they take risks other people are conservative you know? yeah and yeah for you one of the things is you saw that hey this system works and i think that you understood the concept that if you put in one dollar and you get five dollars back it's actually just a matter of pouring more money in at the top of the funnel and then scaling and growing bigger that's right yeah yeah and that's been a huge lesson and and i suppose a lot of what we'll sort of go through today is is about that it's about the 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 journey the lessons then you asked about attributes, so I suppose it comes down to that. Definitely, there's a, there's a mindset of someone that will succeed in in a in a model like this, right? You, you definitely got to have a little bit of a little bit of an entrepreneurial sort of inclination. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there is a particular type of person that that will succeed in 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 something like this, and there'll be people. I'm sure you've got many that that step in, and and their their pure uh, vision is to build a sort of like, like a personal training type business but online right they run their own show they 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 talk to their own clients they do their own programs and that's cool that was never my vision no. my vision was always to do myself out of a job yeah my vision was always to build something ultimately bigger than me I, I i didn't want it to be about me i wanted it to to be bigger than me so that was always how i set it up so the vision from the from the get-go was to build something where I was not the coach, where I was not doing the messaging, where eventually I, I most definitely am not doing the sales, where I'm not doing the Facebook ads, where I can... Your, your end in mind is massive. You have this belief, like you believe that, you know, where you're going to go is like, you know, a $10 million company a year, $100 million company a year. I don't know how far that is. But most people, they come in and they go, they just want six figures. You know, a very large percentage of people just go, and that's as far as they think. And I think that's another big thing that, you know, that you have, that belief and, you know, that massive, massive goal that you've got. Yeah, look, again, it comes down to, I guess, what you want out of life. Some people are, are happy with, I guess, a certain amount. And, and look, you know, my, my goals to some others might be small, right? So, yeah. you know, in fairness, right? So what are your goals, Shane? So, look, at, at this stage, something that, that AG and I have been working on quite a lot and, and is to get this to a point where we're consistently doing, like on average, right, consistently doing 50 joiners in our program mm-hmm. and all about sort of optimising the, the cost. So looking at about sort of 120,000 sales a week consistently without having to grow, right, it's purely to optimise and to improve profits and, and those kinds of things because it's not just about revenue. We're going to talk revenue and, and revenue is cool, mm-hmm. but what's even more cool is profit, right? When you can pull yeah. some cash out and you've got cash to use in your own life, right? So pure cold hard cash is sort of what I want to get to where we've got that consistent rain, hail, or shine metric that we hit, that 50 joiners, no matter what. And then once we establish that, there's no reason why we can't double it and, and that is very possible. It, but then there's a growth there's a growth uh, journey in that, and so the numbers really are all about that sort of 
if you look at it, it's about a $5 million gross sales. That's what we're sort of looking at on, a, on an annual basis at the moment. And we're, we're basically there. And that's what AP, you and I have spent some time on my sales and my team in the last couple of weeks. And that's honestly what I think is the the final touch, the final point, just to make that possible. Yeah. Just refining that that uh, sales process a little bit. Yeah. In in my mind, there's really two parts to business. There's you know, for, like to put some context on this, AP and I took very you know, we paid ourselves reasonably well, but we the business barely profited in us after those two years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people. You know, a lot of people they want to. You know, they actually purely just think, okay, well. What about profit? But you know what we both did was we invested a huge amount of money. We invested a huge amount of our time at the start. And while we you know didn't take a huge amount of money, you then go through a different process. It's like okay, we've got so much leverage because we have this gigantic business with huge amounts of revenue. And then you go to a second stage where you're like, how can we make this process more efficient? How can we actually now strip out all of these expenses, stop growing for a while, and become more profitable? That's what obviously you and I talked about in our one-on-ones and what I've been implementing. And, and again, you know, like just before we, we got live, we were talking about, I guess, the journey. And a, a major part of this has been the willingness to to make more mistakes than anyone else. And, and you know, like when, when people talk about success, obviously what you're seeing is the end result, but you don't see the 99 times that they had failed and stuffed something up. Yeah. And that and that goes across the board. Like I've made more mistakes than than you could care to imagine. So yeah, and that's the beautiful thing, right? So not being scared of that is 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 key. So I've been looking at the, the business as as a whole and really looking at okay, so how do we get it more profitable? And that's been my main my main focus and and getting the that sort of consistently operating in a way that it it, it um, it's predictable. Mm-hmm. You want it to be predictable. You want it to have that predictability that you know every week. These are the metrics. So there's so much in this in this journey, like 18 months, like, geez, understanding the numbers, that's been huge, understanding, and the numbers across the board, the numbers when we're looking at, you know, sort of from the top of funnel all the way through to an acquisition to when we onboard a client or what percentage of people are dropping off to how many people complete the program, what's mm-hmm. the, the lifetime value of the client. Like, there's been so many numbers to learn, and that's not something you can pick up overnight. You know, yeah. it's something that takes time. There's a big difference between a you know a seven-figure business owner, someone who's doing a million bucks, and becoming a five million dollar business owner. There's a huge change because what happens is because you've got so much leverage, tiny little changes have this enormous impact. It's yeah. like okay, well, if you can improve your salespeople's conversions by five percent, and you're converting it say fifty percent, you've got an extra ten percent of revenue coming through. Yeah, what? Yeah, right. Right. And yeah. the same way with our marketing. If we're paying, for example, $100 per booking and we can get our booking costs back down to $75, we have an extra 25% of that money back. So if you're spending 40 grand a week, you say you've got an extra $10,000 in your bank account. Yeah, it's huge. You compound that over a year, over two years. It's it's big money. Yeah. Yeah. Shane, you, you kind of mentioned earlier a couple of things that really interested me. I mean, first of all, we talked about the attributes of somebody who's going to be successful. And you also mentioned like, you kind of have to have that entrepreneurial sort of spirit. Yeah. Like, have you always had those attributes that we talk about that have made you successful or did you somehow grow into them? Like, how did that process come about? I think you grow into it. I've always worked for myself. I mean, early on when I was a sole trader working for myself, so you could you could argue there's a degree of entrepreneurial sort of thing in that. But yes and no, because you're sort of 
I've just bought yourself a job. Let's be honest, as a personal trainer, you buy yourself a job and that's okay. It's great. And I, and I led a great life. So I think the answer to that question, I think you grow into it. I think it's something that in time, through exposure, through your own, your own desire, maybe for more, becomes something you start to start to yearn for and, and chase. So I, I think it, for me, it really sort of happened about seven or eight years ago. There was a change. There was a, there was a distinct moment where I went, this is no longer enough for me. And it's not out of, uh, look, it's not out of greed or anything like that. It, it, it was purely initially out of a desire to be more. Mm. And, and, and everyone has, I suppose, a, a vision of how they want their life to, to play out. Some are happy with a very average existence, and that's okay. I suppose we all live our truth, right? For me, I got to a point where I was like, well, I'm no longer just happy to be a personal trainer. I want to make a big impact in this. Yeah. I want to do more than this. So, to, so it was something I grew into. And it was a result of a distinct decision I had to make. The decision was, am I willing to put in the time, the energy, and the money to, 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 to grow me? So we, we're talking about growing a business, but before you grow your business, there's one thing that needs to grow. That's you. You need to grow. And it sounds very cliche, but it's the truth. I had to be willing to step in a room first and foremost in a, in a business conference to explore the possibility that there was things to learn and to put yourself in that environment and to be open to to, to coaching and, and evolving, right? So it's a huge mindset shift. I think someone can step into a program like this, be willing to put a bit of money, but actually are, are somewhat closed off to to growing, to being challenged, to to making mistakes, to their evolution. So there was a moment where I was business coaching. It was exposing myself to constant learning, audio books, books, yeah whatever I could grab so that I was building uh, me. Yeah, sense. so you're often like shaped by your experiences, right? And, and, and that can really impact on your the way that you see the world. Mm-hmm. I, I'm genuinely curious, like have you ever experienced any major sort of setbacks or failures in a professional, you know, from a professional uh, standpoint in your, in your life? Setbacks, uh, yeah, like you wouldn't believe. Absolutely, I think those those points are critical, and they and they test your resolve. So when I was building that personal training business, we we had a moment where you know we were at, sort of at our peak, and without sort of going into the details, we we lost fifty percent of our revenue, maybe even closer to sixty percent in one day. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about like one hundred and forty thousand dollars of revenue a month, and that was cut by sixty percent in one day. Without, without it being in my control. And it took a lot of effort and energy and persistence and work and, and all sorts of things to get it to that point. Yeah. And that was a huge setback. There was a real moment there where, like, you're, you're, you're literally looking at, at uh, I suppose it would be no different to what, let's say, what you've built today. Imagine that was just kind of cut in, in more than half and you, and you had nothing, you couldn't do anything about it. So that moment was definitely a, a turning point where you do have to make some tough decisions and you do have you, you are tested there's no there's no doubt about it where you you are under pressure and you need to search long and hard and 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 again look at okay so this is what it is but what am i going to do it's one thing crying into your milk isn't it <laughs> whilst you eat your biscuits but it's another thing then going well how can I use this now as a springboard? So that's what I did. I went, okay, well, bugger this, and I went to my next opportunity. I suppose a little bit more from that. So then I started my own sort of coaching uh, little business for personal trainers, traveling the country, presenting sort of how I sort of did what I did. 
and bringing people into a community that I built. And there was ups and downs in that. There was there was success and failures. And I suppose the biggest one, the biggest thing that we've already discussed briefly was COVID about 18 months ago. Both those businesses I built literally shut down in in, in that same day. Yeah. Both of them. So you're talking about two sources of income. So you, you know, what I thought was, you know, obviously going to be something that gave me stability because you've got two revenue streams, right? From different sources, both of them closed immediately on the spot. And I'd only just sort of spoken to AG about maybe four weeks prior to all that happening, not knowing that was going to happen, by the way. So I had already made a step forward to get the third stream of income. So that's how I was already thinking. That was yeah. what it was all about, right? Get the third stream of income. This, so this is, this, is really, this is really interesting because, you know, like what's happened since, and this is probably something that we've really worked on over the last sort of three months, is you've developed a new skill set. And this is something that's common with all our very best performers. But, you know, you're transitioning from being a coach, you know, you've always been a great business owner, a coach of coaches, but now we're really working on improving your marketing skills. Exactly. Because marketing is, you know, in my opinion, like most businesses, they struggle getting leads. So if you're good at ads, you're good at marketing, you have that skill set that's going to allow you to make money no matter what business you're in because you're going to be able to solve the biggest problem of generating leads. That's right. And I, I think this is just, I think this is a really critical thing. And, you know, you just, you know, constantly acquiring new skill sets. Absolutely, man. Like, you know, a journey like this, and, and, you, and you never know it's stepping in, but it becomes very evident very quickly that you've got to be willing to get uncomfortable and to learn things that you never thought you would have to learn. I mean, who, who thought you, you would have to sort of master to some degree, you know, click funnels and how to, how to operate in that, in that realm, direct response email marketing. There's another mm-hmm. one, you know, sales. There's another one, management skills. There's another one. Um, what about, what about actually running the business, mm-hmm. making sure it's profitable? Yeah. So you effectively you're your own CFO. Like, like that's another skill. And, and again, I've made more mistakes than you could care to imagine. And there's been a huge learning curve. But we talk about failures, mate. I've made um, AP. I'm king of failure, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm King Kong. And I've just, been, where you're at. I've just been learning and just been making mistakes. And through that journey, there, there's, your, there's your wisdom. And, and look, and, and the beauty with a, with a journey like this is that you minimize the mistakes, right? So that, that's, that's the point. You minimize the mistakes. So by being able to leverage off, off experience, of others, which in this case is obviously you guys, it, it, it reduces the mistakes. Mm. Even in that, though, there's still there's still lessons that you have to walk through. You still got to walk through the fire. You still mm. got to walk over the coals, mate. You still got to walk, walk through the fucking wilderness. You, look at your smile while you're talking about walking over coals. You love that shit, don't you? <laughs> you got to walk through. You know, like you can't have the glory without the fucking grit. Like it's impossible. It's like, not fun without the grit. It's not fun. It's impossible. Like when I when I started in this journey, I was on the phone selling seven days a week, and I didn't give a fuck. I was happy to do it, like honestly, because it is what it is. So I was working seven days a week without any hesitation. I'm happy to do it if it, if that's what it's going to take to to get it up and running and to get the the wheels in motion. Then that's what needs to happen. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, You've done. You guys have done a lot of work together, particularly, you know, you've done a lot of work with G over the last 18 months. Yeah. And you've learned so much, implemented so much. 
huge. What would you say, if you had to distill it down to just one thing, what would be the biggest learning that you've had during that time? Yes, learning in that time. It's tough, I know. Pragmatic thinking, how to remove emotion because we're emotional beings, right? So in the sale, we try to get people emotional. So we, we, we lead them on this journey to, to this emotional state. In the, the running of the business, we need to remove the emotion, and that is a very very distinct thing that you need to learn. So the biggest thing I think I've learned with Andrew is to, to not be married to an ad, an image, a business name, a brand, all the stuff that you feel belongs to you or whatever and you, you sort of are married to and, and whatever, but look at the numbers. Is it working or is it not working? Is it time to change? What, what does the market say rather than what do you say? Like, you know, I might think something's really great, right? Like, oh, this is a great image. Oh, this is a great business name. Oh, this is a great whatever, but it's shit because the market says it's shit. So the biggest thing with Andrew is that, and, I, you know, there was times in my, early in the journey, AP, you'd laugh, where like, because I get emotional about the lack of results sometimes because there's no one, like, it, it, it's lonely at the top of the, the mountain sometimes, right? Like, you know, when you're sort of leading a team or whatever, there's no one you can vent to. You don't want to vent to your team. So who do you go to? You go to the person that, that's that's helping you. Yeah. yeah. F-bomb this and that, fuck this and that, work and that, you know, whatever, you know. And just learning with with Andrew that, okay, take a breath and let's look at the numbers. Let's let's go. Let let's dissect. It. Let's go back and let's look at where is the leaky hole. So we've got a bucket. Where's where's the hole? It's one percent week by week, every single week. Yeah. You know, we've been yeah, doing one month. So it's like you come, we come back, we identify the you know what that one percent is. We tweak it, and we can just keep on going. And when you've done that enough times over the course of the last like what is it? Yeah, a couple of years or however long it's been that we've been working together. How long is it? Is it eighteen months? About 18 months, maybe a bit, bit more, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe 19 months, yeah. And then, you know, then all of a sudden, like, I think, like, you know how to fix everything. Like, a lot of the times when we're talking in our sessions, we're just throwing ideas back and forth rather than anything else. Yeah, look, and, and there's so many reasons why someone would enter into, um, you know, I guess a, a coaching community like, like what you offer at Systems by Design. And there's so many reasons why you would stay, right? So there's one thing entering in. And it's another thing, staying and staying on. And for me, like I, I see it, I see it more like you both, right? Provide the. It's kind of like a board of directors. Like you know, a big company will have a board. No one makes all the decisions. Doesn't matter what business it is. There's not one dude making all the decisions. It, that'd be very stupid, right? So the way I see it is kind of like, well, I have a board of directors. I've got, I've got the, the ability to leverage off experienced people that effectively are my board. They help me make better decisions. They help me see things from a different perspective because you only see things through your own lens. There's no two ways about that. And that's and that's the reality. And another example is this week I leveraged heavily off AP for sales because with humility, you have to go, well, what do I not see? I, I don't know everything. I can't. It's impossible. So you've got to leverage off others. So in this community, that's what I see being one of the biggest advantages is you may enter in thinking, okay, you're going to get the complete solution. Yes, you will. But why you stay in it is because as you grow, the challenges grow. And it could be the smallest thing that you say that makes the biggest difference sometimes, whether it be, you know, with you, AG or AP, for example, could be the smallest thing that you say that I go, geez, I didn't see that. I didn't think of that. Okay, so let me go away and put that together. It doesn't need to be an hour of conversation. It could be five minutes. 
Yeah. And that five minutes changes huge numbers. It could mean a hundred grand difference. I've got no doubt that that AP, what you and I have worked on the last two weeks is going to produce significant improvements. As I'm sitting here, I'm getting notifications that we're signing clients. (laughs) (laughs) You've got that real mindset. You've got that mindset where basically, you know, I said this with Brad Mickelson a couple of weeks back as well, but you're willing to ask for help. When you're given help, you implement hard, you ask questions so you understand, and then you come back looking for the next thing. And it's become extremely methodical by the sounds of things, you know, and, and that's a big part of your success is you you basically take everything that you can and you implement hard and you you experience the results as they come. Absolutely. You gotta be you gotta be willing to put action. You know, there's there's strategy, but strategy is only as good as your ability to take action on the strategy. And again, with humility, we, we all struggle with, as human nature, we all struggle with a degree of, of, you know, whether it be pride, whatever you think, you've got to be willing to, to be pliable, to learn, to take on coaching. It's a skill to be coachable, I think. And, and again, the fastest route to success is you model off those that have done it before. Great coaches have coaches. There's not one coach that I haven't met over my years, an intelligent person that hasn't invested themselves heavily into their own personal development, their own coaching, their own skills. I am a huge believer in, in the law of compound interest. If mm-hmm. I invest a dollar here, I know I'm going to turn into a hundred there. Simple. Mm-hmm. No brainer. And it's, it's like, you know, it's the same way. It's like what we want to do is we want to find something that's really predictable. Once you've invested in yourself, it's like you've got this skill set like how do, we, how do we get that to a point where it's just consistent? Like the benchmark, you know, for us is pretty much to make sure that we're getting a five to one return on investment yeah. and then just being able to effectively scale that to the moon. Right? Yeah. And I think that like that's one of the things that we really work on. It's like the efficiency of tightening all of those knobs. Once we tighten all of those knobs and get things there, like, you know, a big thing that you've been able to do is then just go, okay, this is working, throw money down at the top and more money comes out the other end. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a huge part of it. Again, there's a million things you, you could talk about in a journey like this. It's so hard to put your your, your sort of focus on one thing, but I, I definitely think if you're going to sort of touch on one of those things, it, it's, it's sort of the willingness to to make mistakes, that fearlessness. You know, so many people are so scared of failure. Yeah. What if it doesn't work? <laughs> it does, mate. What if it does? Well, that's it. Like, you know, like I get this all the time. People ask about you all the time because I bring you up as an example, um, you know, in our coaching community as to you doing really well. But you've been another another skill that you really exhibit is the ability to be really adaptable. And, yeah. you know, nothing, you know, nothing explains it better than jumping across to different brands. Like you've literally done like fit yeah. woman, fit yeah. mum, you've done diabetes and so on. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And look, I hope, you know, I hope this sort of rings true or, or, or rings really loud when, if someone does listen to this. You know, we're not here to boast the, the, the success because anyone can have it. You've just got to be willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. I don't believe anyone's special. I believe people receive what they earn you know we, we grow up in a society where we feel so entitled we feel the world owes us something that this this is most certainly a world that owes you nothing and mm-hmm. and unless you step in willing to like you said learn and be adaptable and apply the strategies then it, then it isn't going to work for you 
because you are the roadblock. So this will work for anyone that is is willing to learn, to invest the time and the energy to learn those million different skills that are needed to build something like what you guys are doing. I have a question. Why learn all those skills? Why not outsource it? I think that's a good question. (laughs) There's certain things I think you've got to know. I think there's a degree in, you know, the reality is it's still a small business, Mm. right? So we we have a staff of now, let's say under 20 people, about 20 people, right? It's still a small business, right? So there's a certain amount of things that you still need to know inside out. There's a degree of control I, I believe you still need. And I like to be across the a lot of what is going on. So there's certain things I would outsource, definitely, and I always have, right? I outsource the copywriting to Connor for obviously the, the best part of the journey. Obviously, the strategy around the, the marketing, all that has come from, from you. I've outsourced the learning of the sales from, from AP. I've outsourced the Facebook ads with the with a contractor that we use. Still, she's great. But there's certain things I think you you must learn you must actually understand because there's times where those people aren't available i can't for example the, the marketing the facebook stuff despite the fact that i can leverage off you to learn or i can leverage off a still to implement i've had to learn how to work in between those lines when shit breaks at times when it's unhuman to contact anyone mm. so there's times where you, you need to be able to fix things right so you can't outsource all your sales. There's times where your salespeople are going to call in sick and you've got a full day of, of bookings and you've spent hopefully not $7,000 trying to get your diary full like I did once, AP. <laughs> and then I, yeah, and then I, and you've got to get on the phone and you've got to be good enough to make it work. So you can't outsource everything. There's certain things you must know personally. I've had a lot of clients and, you know, some of them have come in and they've tried to outsource everything. And that, that, that's fine if you're a baller, you've got, you know, millions of dollars to drop in a business and you're not going to be profitable for the first few years. If you do. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. And, you know, the big thing for me is when people do try to outsource everything before they're ready, they're left with powerlessness, you know. Yeah. They're not able to actually do what you just said. If your salesperson's sick, you can't jump in and do the sales. If right. your marketing person's doing a shitty job, you yeah. can't do the marketing. That's and right. that's what small business is about. It's about learning those skills so you can grow a business. There's a totally different skill set. People come in and they can take a business from zero to 100 or someone comes in and goes from 100 to 1,000. And I suppose like, that's the skill set we learn because most of us don't have the resources to jump in at that high end. Yeah, look, and, and something I suppose just to span on that a little bit is let's say sales is a huge part of the business, which it is, right? You don't have any clients. How can you give your staff feedback if you yourself have no idea what they're doing right or doing wrong? Mm-hmm. How can you give feedback in the chat sequence, for example, if you yourself don't know the script back to front, inside out? Yeah. You can't. So how could you know that the, the coaching process is any good unless you've got fundamentally an understanding of behaviour change of around some, some general concepts so that you know who to hire? It's not even... It's not even listening to their calls. Who to hire? Who's the right person you want on the phone dealing with your clients representing your brand? That's a skill. You need to know who you are looking for. So every aspect of the business, I think it needs your contribution at at every stage. 
every person you bring into the business is an investment and they're also potentially a liability unless you know what they're doing well and not doing well. So I think you've got to know all aspects of the business so that you can give some critical feedback. Like I spend a lot of time listening to the sales team, their calls, trying to help them. I listen to some of the customer support team, listening to what they're doing. We review their emails. How do they write an email to a client? We look at all these things inside out. So there's a degree of control I think you need from the top of that and you must know all the different things. And that, again, has been a huge skill in the marketing. Like, how do I know what ad to turn on and turn off if I haven't spent some time in there? I can't leave that. I can't outsource that completely. I can't. Unless that person is full-time and, I, and, and they're completely invested into that, you can't. It's, it's too much of a responsibility. Yeah. You know, like, it's just like the bigger your business gets, a big business is like the Titanic. It takes a very, very long time to turn around and you can break down each department into, you know, the same thing. If someone else is doing your marketing, you've got to talk to the media buyer, you've got to tell them what you want, you've got to go prepare the copy, you've got to do everything. And the time, you know, the time that that takes, right? Now, if you know how to do the marketing self, add one off, go create some copy, find a new photo, and there you go. You've solved the, you know, the speed that that takes. We're talking about a week versus one hour. An hour. Well, that's what I did this morning. You know, I woke up this morning to a lovely message where Facebook had said, your Facebook page has been unpublished and it's one of our biggest brands. And so if I didn't know the skills, you know, I would have would have really struggled in what to do there. Within an hour, it's all fixed and there's uh, about nine new ads to different audience segments going out ready to rock and roll for the day. So mm-hmm. you've got to know. You've got to learn these skills. You just look at sport as an analogy here. I mean, let's say, for example, you take, a really successful, like, you know, uh, manager in the English Premier League, they're, they're good at what they do, and then you go and drop them in the NBA basketball. You know, if they if they don't have the skills or the understanding yeah. of that particular sport, it doesn't matter that they're a good coach or, or a good business owner. They're going to suck. Like, you have to have that fundamental understanding. The best coaches lead the best teams, and it doesn't mean that they have to still be playing the game necessarily, but they had to know how to play the game at a high level once so that they can actually manage people through that process. And also as well, it's about having the respect of your team or the person who's in that role. I was just going to say that you picked the words straight out of the (laughs) It's the respect of your team that's right, absolutely. If you wanted to be a sole trader, but obviously that's not going to be an issue for you, but if you've got bigger visions, then you've got to be able to inspire those that you lead there's no two ways about it. You've got to be it's often it. it's often the most complex skills in business that people want to outsource. You know, with good reason. They, they can be challenging to learn. It's yeah. marketing, it's sales, and for some people, it might be the tech and the systems. Yeah. But there's a reason. Like they're more complicated. They're also by far the most valuable skills. And when you look at it, they're also priced that way in the market. So we get a lot of new members that will come in and they go, I want to hire a salesperson. And I think you can't afford a good salesperson yet because that salesperson is going to cost you more money than you can afford. And there's a certain element where you have to kind of pay your dues. You have to be willing to roll up your sleeves and actually do the hard yards at the beginning. Absolutely. But this is what I always say you know, to people on sales calls is the difference between, say, being maybe an in-person owner of a gym or something like that is that there's a lot of hard work there. Well, it's probably more relatable to like a PT. You know, you're building yourself a bigger and bigger, you know, rat wheel or hamster wheel. Whereas with this, everything that you do is with the end in mind. You're building yourself out by creating a system. But first of all, you have to understand the system. 
to be able to do that. 100%. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Understanding that how every piece connects is so critical. The numbers, you know, because we can talk about revenue, but if, if you don't understand then how to actually make it profitable, well, then you've got a, they've got a big problem. If the coaching sucks, it's one thing getting sales, but if the coaching sucks, then you've got a problem. If the coaching is great, but the sales are shit, then you're going to have a team that's really good with no clients. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the it's the whole thing. Like, you know, the measure of success. So some would say, well, what is the measure of success? Well, it's a combination of all things. It is, it's the top-end revenue. It's the, it's the profit margin on the end. And it's the reviews that you receive, if you do, on your Facebook page, on your Google page, on whatever it is that you use as a medium to allow people to give feedback. And, you know, as a business, when we're looking at our team, speaking to our team, we use views of existing clients as the measuring stick. If people are saying this changed my life, then we're like, well, that end of the business is doing its job. If we look at the, the other end of the business and go, okay, well, this week we hit our, our 50 joiner target, then that end's doing its job, the marketing's doing its job, the sales is doing its job. So it's a different measures of success, of course, but then collectively it all comes together, of course, yeah. We're obviously sort of running out of time, so I've just got one more question that I wanted to ask, and it's basically what would you say? You know, you've been a coach, you've been a client of mentoring as we all have. Yeah. What do you say to someone who is at that sort of early stages where they're considering going online? You know, do you have any sort of advice to them or advice to yourself sort of 18 months ago when you were thinking about getting started? Well, they say there's two best times to plant a tree 20 years ago (laughs) and today. Don't cry over spilt milk when it's happened in terms of times, lapse and whatever else. I should have jumped in. Just jump in today. Because the best time to start that journey is today. So do it today because, you know, there is no shortcut. You know, some people will get there faster. Some get to will take longer. The important thing is starting. If you want to grow beyond your geographical restraints and you don't want to be confined to a location, if you want the world to be your oyster, which for me, I always wanted to be able to live anywhere. And, and unfortunately, in a, in a personal training scenario, you're largely I use this this term lightly, but you're a prisoner to your location. You need to be where your client base is. Well, if you get online, then and this is something I, I suppose is the real clincher, the game changer for a lot of people and why they should make this decision is because you're not confined. You can live anywhere. I mean, what's better than that? You, if you want to live in Byron Bay, live in Byron Bay. If you want to live in Thailand and do it, do it, live there. Like for me, I wanted the potential to live anywhere and... Ultimately, it's time, right? I mean, what do we want more of? We want time. We don't want a job. We want time. So if you can grow something like this and scale it, it gives you time. Like if I want to take the day off today, I can. I, I can. I can take the day off. I'm going to jiu-jitsu in, a, in an hour, spend two hours rolling around, come back and go for a walk. So it's the advice I would give is just do it, is just have a go. And, you know, I'd be more scared of not trying personally than scared of failure and look you know sometimes i get people that are wanting to join this program messaging me oh what do you think and 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 does it work and of course it works of course it works it works if you do so don't ask if the program works or if the method works because that works the question is go and look in the mirror and answer this question are you willing to work and if you are then jump in. If you're not, then stay in your job. That's okay. And that's okay for some people. But if you want more out of life, do it. Simple. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Not everyone is built to be an entrepreneur and that needs to be acknowledged. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, and that's cool. And, you know, I guess it comes down to what you want your life to be, you know, and and, uh, everyone has their own sort of vision. Money is not a bad thing. Money is not the enemy. Money is your friend because it gives you opportunity. And, in fact, if you actually really understand the bigger picture of a business like this, like we're helping a lot of people. Like beyond all the money and all that shit, like we legitimately, and I, I, I sort of I heard a little bit of what you talked about with James Kant the other day. And legitimately, you chase the service. So we're, we're talking numbers and all that stuff. Yeah, of course. But when you chase the service and you realise you can have a huge impact, and that sounds a bit, you know, sort of, I don't know, like, you know, sort of cliche, but it is what it is. You must help people get what they want to get what you want. So I know, and I've got no doubt in my mind that our business legitimately makes a difference in people's lives. And that is the foundation of why we do what we do. And then it comes back to your why. So that's that's the key. For me, I want to have more time with my family. I want to have the money to do what I want to do and be able to live out your years the way you want. Who wants to get up at 4.30 and go to the gym? No, not me. I've had enough of that. I did that for years, mate. I had enough. <laughs> uh, I had enough of it after six months. So, <laughs> years, I did it for years. I did it happily. I mean, in a sense where, you know, it's part of my journey. It's cool. But enough's enough. Yeah. Awesome. Well, look, it's been awesome. It's been great having you on. Shane, obviously, very inspiring. And for anyone that has been listening, you know, there's a lot of things that they can take out of your book and sort of see the way, you know, it's always the same thing. You see the way successful people analyze, make decisions, take action, network, get coaching. It's all the same. It's very consistent. Very consistent. There's very rarely outliers in this success formula. So you're a textbook example of it. You do it extremely well. And I think anyone who is listening that hasn't necessarily had a track record of success, it is understanding, like you said, it's not the system. It's looking in the mirror and deciding whether you are going to use and use the system and do the work. 100%. 100%. It is exactly that. It's just a willingness to, to put yourself in that environment and, and have a go, you know, and legitimately have a go. Be okay with setbacks. Be okay with some failures. Be okay with sucking at something for a while. That is okay. What's not okay is sitting in a comfort zone for the rest of your life, you know, watching Game of Thrones, eating your popcorn, and and letting life pass you by, that's not okay. Yeah, yeah. Great having you on. Thanks. Thanks so much, Shane. Awesome, mate.